Good morning, good morning, and uh, welcome. Glad to be here in worship today. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil, and we're worshiping together at New Horizon uh, United Methodist Church in uh, the southwest area of Broward County in South Florida. I want to say a word of welcome to everybody. We've got folks that are here, and uh, glad you're, you're joining us uh, online also. I want to invite everybody that we do uh, have uh, in-person, uh, face-to-face uh, worship at 9 and at 10.30, uh, at 9 o'clock on Sunday mornings, we have this contemporary-style service, and we're uh, led by our praise team. And at 10.30, we have an in-person, face-to-face, uh, traditional service with our choir and all those traditional hymn kind of musics, too. And so uh, everyone's welcome to come and share in, in either of those services. And, of course, join us Facebook, YouTube, uh, on the church website, however you're joining us this day. We welcome you. We come together. Uh, to worship our God and to praise our God and let us uh, enter into a time of worship with song. Let's sing together. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. What about you? Amen, amen. Hallelujah. He's highly exalted this morning. And he's worthy to be praised. How many of you know that he's worthy to be praised this morning?
right. You may be seated as we uh, bow our hearts in prayer together. Gracious God, it is a sign of our times that we look down on small things. Seeds do not impress us. The flicker of a candle, a pinch of yeast, a granule of salt. What are these in the face of uh, war, pandemics, a COVID crisis, poverty, violence, exploitation of the earth, exploitation of young people, addictions, and soul-crushing isolation. Against these forces, you have armed us with nothing but love, joy, peace, and hope. And the power of your Holy Spirit, who called Jesus forth from the tomb, defeating sin, suffering, sorrow, and the greatest enemy of all, death. Remind us, Lord, of what we all too often forget. Your kingdom is here. It is breaking out every day all around us in ways large and small. Your invitation to us is to be part of it. For that undeserved grace, we give you thanks and praise. In the name of the one who taught us to pray like this, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
So I know what many of you are thinking. Do we have to see Pastor Rafe all day today? What happened to Pastor Lisa? What happened to Pastor Peyton? They are in different locations today doing ministry and sharing the word in different places. But you don't have to only look at me. I'm going to ask uh, Christy Morales to come and share with us. Um, she leads our children and youth ministries uh, here, and we are glad to have her come and share. What we're starting today in our summer months is our 10 for 10, an extra $10, because $10 is not going to hurt us, right? Uh, I can look around this room, and I can probably get more than an extra $10 out of all of you. Uh, but we're glad that everyone joins us. But we ask for a little extra offering uh, for different missions, 10 different missions that we're going to highlight. And Christine's going to come and share with us. Come to this microphone right here, Christine. Take your mask off so they can hear it. Good morning. Pop your mask off. Um, <laughs> so most of you know I hate public speaking, but I would do anything to bring our youth and children to camp. So here I am this morning. Um, I'd like to start off by describing camp and what it means to myself, my children, um, and and the kids of this church. Um, camp is a place where we can all be ourselves and feel accepted by our peers from the church. They meet new friends, um, but more importantly, they meet God there. I know a lot of the women here have done women's retreats up there, uh, men's retreats. It's just a special place. So. Um, Every year, except for last year due to COVID, we try to get our campers up there, um, and we're doing it again this year. But we need your help because expenses have been hard on um, all the families. So we are here. Um, well, I thought I'd have Cindy with me, but <laughs> we're here talking about camp because we are taking donations to raise money in order to sponsor some of the youth who want to go to camp. For many, the expense might provide financial stress for the kids, or their families, um, and that's not what camp is about. So we ask you today as a congregation to donate $10 um, to help make sure each and every kid in our church, and we're bringing some visitors, um, who want to go to camp and has an equal opportunity to strengthen their relationship with God. It's an amazing week. Um, it's, it's the best week of my summer. I take a week off of work, um, and they, they truly deserve it after such a crazy year. That's it. Amen. Amen. So if you're, if you're here on site and you want to give a, a, a check or cash, there are little bags that are labeled. And if you're joining us uh, in our digital platform, you can give digitally. And you just want to make a special notation on that that just says camp. And if you make a notation on that when you're digital giving, camp will be sure that it goes to the right place and the right location to support these uh, young people to, uh, to go to uh, camp. So thank you for that. I know that I could give my own testimony, but, you know, I'll save that for a sermon sometime because uh, I've been at uh, camp. Actually, you know what, I think today I am going to talk a little bit about, uh, about camp in my message now that I think about it. Um, but let's, uh, let's turn our hearts towards the gospel, right? Towards the gospel and the gospel message. And in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is teaching, and in his teaching, he is, um, he is teaching in parables. And Often Jesus uses these farming parables because it was an agrarian culture and the agricultural nature of the area. People understood farming and they understood seeds. And so Jesus used many of these kinds of parables to explain the message of God's kingdom that was breaking into the world. Then Jesus said, this is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scatters seed on the ground then sleeps 
and wakes night and day. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. The earth produces crops all by itself. First the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out, cuts the grain because it's harvest time. Jesus continued, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I, can I use to explain it? Consider the mustard seed. When scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all seeds on the earth. But when it's planted, when it's planted, it, it grows and it becomes the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, Jesus continued to give them the word as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables, then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. Amen. Amen. O oh Lord, may the, uh, the parable come to light for us today. May the parable find a dwelling in our hearts and, and may it grow, may it evolve, may it develop into something of your kingdom in our hearts, in our lives, and in your church. Amen. Amen. Okay, so now we're going to have a, 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 a quiz. Uh, this, is, this is a question that will be on your SAT test when you're trying to get into college, right? Who is called the person, the man, who saved a billion lives? Does anybody know the answer to that one? The man who saved a billion lives. A billion. Okay, nobody here is uh, raising their hands. And if you're watching on the digital format, I know that some of you are probably Googling. His name was Dr. Burlog. Dr. Burlog um, was just nobody seeking uh, a claim or seeking any kind of attention. He just went into college and he studied. Um, it, it was something really... Uh, he, uh, he studied pathology and genetics. Studied pathology and genetics. When he was done, he took a position in Mexico. And in Mexico, he began to uh, work with short-stemmed, high-yield, disease-resistant varieties of wheat. He began to study wheat and to work with wheat. And he, he developed this, uh, this seed for wheat that kind of turned Mexico around. And Mexico that had a, a, a problem with its, its wheat. We're talking about back in the 60s, in the 1960s, um, folks that uh, he developed this wheat, and it not only did it help feed the country, Mexico became an exporter of wheat. And so what happens to these seeds that he develops? He develops these seeds that uh, begin to, you know, work for Mexico, and so the seeds make their way to India. Because you see, in India, they were using the standard seeds for wheat, and maybe you've seen wheat fields before. Wheat can have a, a, a long thin little um, uh, a stalk and just a few kernels on the top. And that's what they were using in India at the time. And the rains and the wind would come and the top would be a little bit heavy and the wheat would go down and some of it would rot away. And so the, the small production they have, they'd lose some of that. 
And so India was a country that was hungry. And so they got these seeds that had been developed. They became known as the uh, Mexican short-stemmed uh, uh, wheat. And what they had, they had shorter stalks on them. The stalks were wider and bigger, so they didn't blow over in the wind or the weather. They produced more grain on the, on the head and literally created this wheat plant that could feed an entire com, uh, 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 continent, really, with this semi-dwarf Mexican wheat. And as we know, in a few decades, India became fairly self-sufficient in its food production for its country, just from planting the seeds and working with the seeds and watching what will evolve. Dr. Burlog went on to develop new rice plants, introducing all kinds of different varieties, making hybrids, new, new varieties of seeds, new hybrids. He became called the father of the green revolution and going green and living green and all that was produced. In fact, his work became so well known globally that this guy who made seeds won the Nobel Peace Prize. The Nobel Peace Prize? How does the guy who working with seeds, win the Peace Prize. Well, the, the Nobel Committee said this, more than any other single person of his age, he has helped to provide bread for the hungry world. We have made this choice in hope that providing bread will also give the world peace. Keep working with the seeds. Keep planting the seeds. And you'll never know what will be produced. Jesus used these images because, you know, we understand that. You put a seed in the ground, a stalk comes up, it gets two leaves. You don't really know what it's going to be when those first two leaves come out. But it starts to evolve and starts to grow and fruit is produced. And they didn't have researchers at the time that understood the growth process like we do today, but they understood that if you put a seed in the ground and you had water and you had sunshine and you keep the weeds and the bugs away, you know you're going to eat. You're going to eat. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. It's like this surprising production of food that feeds the world. And it just comes about, it's like these mustard seeds that are oh so tiny and produce something so grand and so protective. You just never know what's going to come. You know, in, in my yard, there's this mango tree, big mango tree, been there for a while, and it's got great mangoes, and, and I didn't know where it came from because it seemed a little different. And so I actually looked up and began to call some of the pastors that had previously lived in that house and had served at New Horizon and say, did you put the mango tree in? No, no, no. Nobody knows who put the mango tree in. We don't know how it got there. But the mango tree has also been grafted together. It doesn't produce one kind of mango. It produces two kinds of mango. There's one trunk that comes this way that has these juicy, nectar-rich, sweet, little tiny mangoes. My father from Cuba calls them mangas. You know, these little tiny things. And then there are two other trunks coming off of there that produce these large, luscious, uh, beautiful mangoes that are delicious to eat that I have a hard time getting my wife to share because she wants them all. You know, they're delicious. And, uh, and some years the tree produces a lot, and some years it doesn't produce any. This year it's just kind of, ah, just a, just a few. But these 
And, and so how do we get two different kinds of mangoes off the same tree? There's something about he did something at some point, and we've got this surprising growth that we never expected in our lives and that we get to enjoy and, and, and share. Do you understand? This is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like this. Or, or maybe you might understand the kingdom of God, God, God like this. Um, uh, I, I served a church one time that was a really tough church. Really difficult church, tough church. It had divisions in the church. Uh, you know, we like it like this, and we like it like this, and you, we don't want to do this work with uh, the immigrant farm workers, and the young people are messing things up, and uh, you know, all those kinds of things. So it was division, so it was a tough church anyway. And in this tough church, I have this confirmation class. A confirmation class, about six or seven uh, middle schoolers, and um, I can never explain to you what it's like to try to teach spiritual disciplines to middle schoolers, okay? You just, you, first of all, you can't use the term disciplines because they'll just never follow anything, uh, you know? And so I have this group of middle schoolers, uh, great kids, but, and it included one of my sons in the middle school class and, uh, and one of his friends. And um, so I'm teaching this, uh, this confirmation class. This is where young people come to know Jesus Christ for themselves and practice spiritual disciplines and maybe even come to join the uh, church. But uh, there's this one boy who's a friend of my son's. His mom was a leader in the church. I did his sister's uh, older sister's wedding. He's, you know, a, a good boy, but he was also kind of sneaky. And he'd do some things kind of, you know, that were kind of subversive and sneaky. Um, he was often self-serving um, uh, very entitled from time to time, um, often, uh, often was kind of a little bit of a bully, um, but really always something going on in the back of his head that he never told anybody about, but then he'd act it out and do it. And it was just kind of, you know, it was, it was just one of those kind of middle schoolers. So um, I finished my time at that church. I go on to serve another church. Eight years go by or so, and I'm going to camp. I'm going to camp, and I'm going to camp, and I love going to camp. I go to camp as a worship leader. Very often I'm going as a worship leader, and as the worship leader on the first day of camp, I'm going down to the, uh, to the chapel to meet with some of the camp team members that will be leading worship and helping, and I walk in, and guess who's there? That young man, and I'm like, what? You're on team at camp, and you're leading worship? And there he is with an instrument strapped to his body, and he's playing along, and he says, yeah, I'm one of the worship leaders. I help him lead the, the music and the singing, and we'll work together for music. I'm like, how in the world does God do this? If there, you know, his picture is in my office with that confirmation class because my son was in it. It's in the little collage, and if I had to choose any of those seven that they would have ended up on team leading worship, I would have not have picked that one, all right? And he's there leading worship at, at camp. And he tells me about being at Florida State and studying at Florida State. And he's getting ready to, to finish up at Florida State. And he, he's liking this ministry. And he might actually continue on at Florida State. And I said, well, this is great. I caught up with him. You know, he told my son, who was his friend, says, hey, your you know, 12-year-old buddy is you know, doing this at camp now. And da, da, da. Another few years go by, a couple, three, four years go by, and uh, Pastor Lisa and I are going with a, a few uh, young people who are discerning a call to ministry, and we go to this um, mentoring kind of retreat where we're going to be working with them as they, 
developed their call to ministry, and we join with others from around Florida that are doing this kind of work. And who do I run into there who says to me, I have a call to ministry, and I'm thinking about going to seminary and going on to become a pastor? This young man, I can't believe it. How does God do that? How does, how does God do that? This 12-year-old boy that I would have never have picked to, to be the pastor of my church, and now he's telling me that he stayed at Florida State to work on the campus ministry, and he's doing campus ministry, and now he's, he, he's being asked to uh, serve as a youth pastor at another church and to help lead worship there, and he's thinking about going to seminary and, and going on to seminary and becoming a... What in the world? But sometimes when you just scatter the seed out there, you just don't know how it's going to grow. You just don't know what kind of fruit it's going to produce. You just don't know what's going to happen. You just keep working, and somehow it keeps growing, and you never know what will evolve, what will evolve and come out of that. And God does the same thing with us. We never stop growing. We never stop evolving. The church, the church never stops evolving under God's creative hand. The church never stops growing and evolving. And certainly in this season and at this time, the church universal and the church New Horizons is evolving and growing and becoming something that is producing the fruit of the kingdom in a new era, in a new way. Often when we look at the church, we, we kind of think of the church like, you know, the, like this big tree, you know? It's a big old tree. And uh, everybody's part of this living organism, and the big old tree just keeps getting more branches, and more branches produce more fruit, and it's just this big organism, and everybody's a part of it. But as I see New Horizon evolving by God's creative hand, I'm seeing something that maybe resembles more of a garden with scattered seeds all, in, all together, all producing fruit of the kingdom, but with different colors and different fruit and different things that are coming from this. New horizon is evolving by God's creative hand. We have what some people call the inherited church. You know, the church that's been handed to us by our great-grandparents and our grandmothers who dragged us to church and our moms and our dads who, who were in church and they handed it on down to us, this, this worship that has this deep tradition in worship and this church that's been handed down to us. But in this COVID situation, that traditional church has been pruned back in a big way. But there is growth coming from the deep foundational roots. And its structure is there, and the traditional worship and classes and small groups are emerging again with new strength and new vigor. But at New Horizon, we also, in the past couple of decades, have evolved this contemporary community. With contemporary community, with Lots of electronics and lots of music and, let me tell you, chords everywhere, you know. 
a ministry with children and with youth and this technology. And certainly it's been trimmed some, and, and there are those that are pushing for it to come back, but we're seeing the sprouts of new growth and regrowth that is coming back from this contemporary community of church. But the other thing that's happened with New Horizon during this time is that we've uh, had grafted in or transplanted in, I don't know which is the better term or, or image there, this West Campus. This West Campus that is like this uh, seed or maybe more like a, a bulb because it has blossomed before and the blossom is coming again that will produce fruit. In fact, we've already seen some early fruit come from the, the work at the West Campus that we call Everglades Community of the New Horizon Church. And so we see that coming. And, and the other thing that, that I see coming in this beautiful garden of God's kingdom is the new seeds that are being planted and, and developed, the, what we're calling the digital church. Digital church, and you think, oh, well, we've got that. Well, we're talking about something that's more than, than streaming you know, a worship service on Facebook or YouTube or on the church website but evolving into websites and apps and connectivity where we're connecting with one another, where we can worship and give and serve and pray and share in scriptures together as the body of Christ, all on a digital platform. In other words, live out our spiritual disciplines, live out our spiritual life and community, all supported and strengthened by what the digital age can offer us and what we can, how we can leverage that and utilize that. And then there's always the surprising growth. The surprising growth that you just never expected to come up. You know, the, the worship and the mission and the discipleship work that's happening through nourishing lives, all of a sudden becoming worshipful and prayerful and people wanting to become baptized in their faith because of the mission work in our drive-up food distributions and food being handed out. You know, I told you about my mango tree with two different kinds of mangoes. Well, a few years ago, I found in the yard this little tree that was about knee high, and I looked at the leaves on it, and I said, that looks like a mango tree leaf. And mango trees grow like weeds, and it sprouted up quickly, and sure enough, it was a mango tree. And I asked my mother about it. She's a master gardener. And she says, yeah, it's a mango tree, but it will never produce any fruit. So I began to chop it back because thinking it would not produce something. But the more I chopped, the faster it grew. I chopped it way back, and it, and, it, and it grew like crazy. Last year, there were a few fruit on it, and this year, it is covered. And the mango that's coming off of it is different than the other two mangoes off the bigger tree. It is different. The kingdom of God is like that. It is a a garden that continues to spread. It becomes this, this movement of God's work and, and what God is doing. And God is creating. God is evolving. God is growing this garden that will be ongoing and surprising and fruitful. And it will become this movement. This movement of this garden that we call New Horizon. And New Horizon is, has already been one of the most diverse and inclusive congregations in our Florida area of Methodism. We have folks, you know, in South Florida from every culture and every country, it seems like, and 
that we all worship here from different backgrounds and different lifestyles and different cultures. And we all come together and create this beautiful garden of God's kingdom that is growing and evolving and becoming something more and something new. We're a garden of fruitful trees that are big and sturdy and they have been here for a while and they will continue to be here. We come from saplings full of potential and new growth and new fruit that will come and seeds that we don't even know what they will produce yet. But we keep working, we keep watching, we keep scattering and we know that God will have it grow and evolve. The garden contains it all. And I'm reminded of what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth as that church was growing and expanding in a multicultural, multi-everything kind of area in Corinth. Paul writes these words. I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the growth. God gave the growth. God is creating a new horizon because you see when you're on a journey and you're following the horizon that is before you each step of the journey each day that you go forward there is a new horizon to see and a new horizon to go forward to because you're never there you're always on the journey moving forward seeing the growth participating in the evolution seeing the fruit and watching it evolve into something that God is creating and making new. I am very glad to be a part of God's work and God's kingdom in a place like New Horizons. I am very glad that God has called us and is calling even more to this place at this time for the new horizon, the new garden that is before us. Amen and amen. Most gracious God, help us to be seeds that grow and help us to be gardeners that tend the garden. Help us to be your flowers that spread color and beauty, but let those flowers also set the fruit, the fruit of your kingdom, the fruit of your grace, the fruit of your spirit in peace, patience, gentleness, self-control, all those things. Let them come from our, through our lives and through your church and be a blessing to feeding the world around us. Amen. Amen. It's always appropriate to respond to the word in some way. We respond always by giving, uh, by prayer, by singing. And today I want to invite you to respond with an affirmation of faith. So I want those, if you're here, stand. If you're joining with us in, in a digital format, you might want to stand up and join us. And let's share together in this affirmation of our faith. We believe in the coming of the kingdom of God. It is a kingdom in which God's purposes will be fully realized. It is marked by small acts of kindness, love, and generosity. It is hidden far in ways we often cannot recognize. This kingdom 
will reunite what has been separated and restore what has been broken. We pray for this kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing together. God's word, there's always an opportunity and always a, a calling on us to respond. We responded with an affirmation of faith. We responded with, with song. Uh, respond with your prayers this day. I also respond, ask you to respond with your giving, which you can uh, do online. And if you're here, there are places where you can drop your offering in, in baskets and containers. 
but uh, respond to God's word. Offer God God's gifts. Being generous is part of what it is to be part of God's kingdom, and we need to respond as much as we need to hear and receive God's word. So go now with the assurance, the assurance and the blessing and the grace that God's kingdom work is for you and evolving in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Go now as part of God's kingdom garden, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Holy is the Lord.